Hello, everybody, and welcome into the 8 o'clock hour on a Tuesday, which means our old friend, Mr. Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns, someone that I've known for, man, we're going on 16 years now, Jay. I, I, we're, we're, our relationship you were about is five when we met. Teenager. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was 21. That would be nice. Um, it's not the case. Uh, but you were, you looked a little different when we met too, just saying. How so? I mean, you. I'll say you had more weight on you back then. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, sir. I'm a big fat pig. I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life, but thank you. I guess you wear it better. Well, cue up Rod Stewart. You wear it well. Look at that. Jay's just got Jay got some mail sent here. It was in my box, and I said, you know what? I'm going to put it right here so he can open it right when he comes in. What is that? It's a book. Well, I can see that, Jay. What it's called of- Historic Tales of Acadiana. Oh. And um, William Thibodeau wrote it. Now, you, you've, you've been doing this sports thing a while. You've been in Acadiana a while, uh-huh. despite being, you know, a, a born in Connecticut. You've been down here quite a bit. You've worked in the media. Right. You could write a book of historic tales of Rage Cajun athletics. Probably could. Now, you're also not someone that has ever shared things that were off the record or anything like that. Right. So you could write a book, but it would be stuff you've already shared before. Uh, Not if I decided to write a tell-all book. Not if off the record has... So you know, would you ever do that? Well, it, you know, I mean, suppose somebody told me record 15 years ago. And and now if people know if people know it's not a big deal, I'd probably ask permission first. Sure. But, you know, it could what, what if someone what if what if some of the individuals What, what why are we doing all these hypotheticals? I hate hypotheticals. I I, I cuz I want you to write a book. <laughs> That's why I want to read the book one day. This is all just a this is all just a long game to try to get you to to, to write a book. All right, we're going to talk uh, a lot of Cajun sports, and we're going to do Terrible Tune Tuesday. Before we do that, I want to quickly get your thoughts. The long game. There is a PR campaign that's been going on a while from Russell Wilson to try to get out of Seattle. What are your betting odds of him actually playing for the Saints? Playing for the Saints? I put it at one in ten. I'd go about one in ten. Also, yeah. Um, now, what are your betting odds for him not playing in Seattle next year? About one in ten. I think. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be in Seattle. There appears to be some beef between him and Pete Carroll, but there is there are these these strategies now for when a player wants to get out of somewhere they 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 start planting seeds a little earlier in the process right. to where by the time he gets somewhere, hey, look. I, I'm not saying I want to be traded, but, you know, if you're thinking about it, considering this news continues to come out that there is a schism between me and the head coach and other things, here are some places that I would like to go. Oh, by the way, I have a no-trade clause. When players didn't like where they were back in the day, Jay, were, were there were there PR campaigns or was it just basically too bad? Just hold it in, deal with it, deal with it all behind the scenes. Is this more of a new phenomenon we're seeing? Um. We- more aware of it now because probably we're more aware of it now i i 
you know, back before free agency, you know, if, if somebody went and requested a trade, we never found out about it. And, and, and if somebody decided to trade somebody, they just did it. They or if they it. told the player, it's never going to happen, we just never knew about all that. Right. Now players are like, they're going to tell me we're not going to do it, so let me try this other avenue and see how it works out. Yeah. And then, of course, free agency just changed everything. Anyway. Changed it all. Changed it all. ESPN 1420.com. Well, speaking of football on the college side of things, we knew who the Cajuns were going to be playing. Now we know the layout of the schedule. It was released officially yesterday. You got three midweek games. You got six home games, two of which are midweek games, which is going to happen when you play in the Sun Belt and you're really good. And the Cajuns finished the season ranked 15th, highest ranking in school history. First question to you is, are there any surprises in your mind on that schedule? No. Um, I didn't realize Liberty was so late in the year. Uh, I didn't remember that game being scheduled in November, but obviously it was. Uh, We already knew we were opening at Texas. Um, We knew the conference uh, opponents, and we knew where the games were going to be played. It, It was just a question of, you know, how would it all shake out and you know, you, you don't have more than two in a row at home. You don't have more than two in a row on the road. Um, you know, you, you said it yourself. You know, playing midweek games is the price you pay for being good. And, you know, I, I, and I know fans are going to complain because it's, you know, you've got two midweek games. But, you know, it's it, that's a good thing, okay? It's a good thing for the program. It may not be a good thing for the guy who's got kids that's not going to be able to go on a school night. But... Um, and, and, you know, and I think there was a, a segment of the fans that thought that maybe, just maybe, the conference might change the schedule and schedule a meeting between the Cajuns and Coastal Carolina. Um, I don't know why they thought that, because I didn't think that there was ever a chance that that would why would Why would Keith Gill ever do that? Exactly. You know, it, it's, you know, look, in all conferences that where you don't play everybody – the rotation is set years in advance. You know, LSU knows who they're playing from the Eastern Division every year for about the next 15 years. Um, and so we knew that Coastal Carolina rotated off this year. Next year it's going to be App State. And um, so I don't know how why folks thought that they'd just go ahead and change it. When And when you're coming off of a really good year and you're ranked, you're going to have midweek games. I sure. mean – 2018, I know the fans said, this is nice. All the games, the Cajun field, were all, every game that season was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But they were coming off a losing season. They had right. a new head coach. And while some of us thought Napier was going to do a good job, um, I don't know that anyone thought in three years they'd be 15th in the country. So hats off to him and the staff. My, but my, my point is, back on the scheduling side of things, you were playing every game on a Saturday because you were bad the year before. Mm-hmm. I remember... the. the same, it's it's the same thing in the NFL, you know. Saints are playing these primetime games, Jay, or these afternoon slots. And man, I miss those noon games. Well, do you miss them being? Do you miss the Ditka years? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, the 2000 season, the Saints won their first ever playoff game. They didn't play it. They didn't play in a primetime game that entire year. Why? Because in '99 they were awful, and they got a new head coach, and everyone, these schedule makers, assumed they were going to stink again. So you. From a from a scheduling standpoint, it's nice. My point is, well, you're, you're dealing with it in college, especially the G five level. You're going to deal with it in the pros, even even at the quote P five level, if you will. 
Uh, I know some folks prefer night games or things like that, and then they're like, man, we used to have more night games. Well, you don't anymore. You're playing more games at 2.30 or these other kickoffs in the morning because of TV. It's because you're actually good and you're winning games. So before you complain, consider the alternative. I know everyone wants to have their cake and not just eat a slice, eat the whole thing, but that's just not how it works. No, it isn't. And, you know, I knew, I you know, look – anyone with a functioning brain knew that there were going to be two midweek games, okay? That that App State was going to be a midweek home game. Arkansas State was going to be a midweek road game. I think everybody knew that. A little surprised about Georgia State. Um, but, you know, they gave um, – you know, it gives them a, a chance to showcase Cajun Field um, on national television and – and the and what will hopefully be a huge crowd, and so that's okay too. And and besides, we're celebrating my birthday that weekend. That's right. You get the weekend off for your birthday. I do. When would hoops start next year? Late November, Thanksgiving ish. Well, you know, I think that traditionally hoops would start that very weekend that we're talking about. Basket. <laughs> you know, so I I may be celebrating may, celebrating my birthday and you, you may know, be maybe. getting on a plane after you call that game to go fly somewhere and and work. Yeah, I and look, what it, whatever it is, it'll is what it'll be and and I'll do whatever I'm supposed to do, but um I the Georgia State thing surprised me just a tad. I thought it might be a second road game, uh perhaps at Troy or Georgia Southern. But um, it's a home game against Georgia State. So. There it is. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. At least the Cajuns do have a home game in October. That's on a Saturday. Now it's at the end of the month against Texas State. But um, at least they've got that. That's Lucy's birthday. There you go. Yeah, ten after the hour. Um, Lucy's three. She is. Uh, she is three. She'll be four uh, in October on the day the Cajuns play Texas State. There you go. She's fun. It's a fun age. Um, she still looks very canai when I see pictures <laughs> of her. She's something. She's something. Um, she doesn't. She's not as bad as she used to be, and she's definitely a daddy's girl. So. Oh well, that's good. I. Uh, yeah. Now you can get me talking about my kids. Um, let's talk hoops for a minute. Just, you talked to Gary last night. Mm-hmm. I talked to him uh, a little while ago, and. Um, to say that winning a championship means a lot to a coach in this instance is a complete understatement because it is so much deeper than that. Um, a guy that just you know grew up in this community, was a student athlete at USL back in the day, got the job nine years ago, said, this is my dream job. This is home. This is where I want to be, who has fought tooth and nail to promote that program, um, who has lost his wife, who recently lost his father, who was reflecting on how much he was thinking about them and all the people that have passed that said, you're going to get this thing done one day. And I know they have another goal this week, and they're the one seed and they're the favorite, and I'd, I'd be surprised if it's not them versus Troy Monday. But to, to Gary in particular, um, I don't know that I've ever been more happy for a coach when a team won a game than I was on Saturday. I don't think that I've ever seen a coach so emotional. After winning, you know, after, I mean, you know, three, four days later, he still, he still has a tough time talking about it. Um, you know, I, we talked about it on the radio show last night. It's personal for him because of the fact he went to school here. 
we used to, we used to say that about Troy Wingerter all the time, mm-hmm. um, or Bab, or Bab, and you know, he he had to get it done. That that went and got it done. Um, you know, I I think his dad not being there maybe bothered him more than anything else because that happened less than a year ago. Um, and, and his dad was always at the games and his dad would always harass him every time they lost, you know? Um, I think that bothered him the most probably. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy for him on a personal level. Nobody doesn't like Gary. Okay. So, um, it's it's all good and and I think you're right you know they they've got a chance here they got a chance uh because they have a senior laden team they have a team that's got some good leadership they have a team that um goes out and during games they don't get too high or too low they they take care of their business um and because of that I think they have a chance to be playing on Monday are they going to be good enough to beat Troy if Troy's there I don't know um they matched up well with Troy last year. They won a game in Troy and won and lost a one-point game uh, at the Cajun Dome. So their matchup against Troy's philosophy is pretty good. Now they have things to do before they can, you know, play on Monday. They've got to they've got to win on Saturday, win on Sunday. But I think they're capable of doing that. And uh, they're also healthy, you know, yes. at the right time of year. It, it seems to be setting up nicely for them. They got work to do. Um, on the men's side of thing, health-wise, uh, Jacoby Gordon's dealing with ankle injury. Uh, Kobe Julian returned. Mm-hmm. You saw him 14 minutes on Friday and Saturday off the bench. I know it's at the end of the regular season now, tournament time, but if you could have that guy, rather not have him, you'll take him every time. I mean, he, even in limited minutes, he's a difference maker, Jay. Well, I and I think he'll be able to give him more than fifteen. Now he's not going to be able to give him thirty, okay? But I, I think he'll be able to give him more than fifteen minutes. Um, and of course, they're going to they're going to be very careful each day. Uh, you know, if the Cajuns progress in the tournament, just to make sure that he's all right. And they're 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 going to err on the side of caution. Obviously, um, having him back is is a good thing. And look, he's not he's not at the top of his game, but he can still go out and make plays, and he proved that over the weekend. What what chances do you give this team? I'm going to tell you. Um, I think that they have a very difficult quarterfinal matchup coming up, um, assuming South Alabama beats ULM. You know, South Alabama had won six or seven in a row before Georgia State derailed them over the weekend, and it knocked them all the way down to number three as far as seeding is concerned. But South Alabama is a very talented basketball team. You know, Michael Flowers uh, is the is the scoring champion in the league. Um, he's not; they're not a one trick pony. They've got they've got a supporting cast that's good. The Cajuns may be the higher seed, but I think they're an underdog in their quarterfinal game. You win that, and then hello Georgia State. You know, um, but to get there, they've got to beat South Alabama. You know, this is one thing they. You go ahead and you take literally one game at a time because you're not promised tomorrow. And I think the Saints, when the betting line comes out, the Saints, the Cajuns, when the betting line comes out, I, I think you're going to see the Cajuns as an underdog in that game. ESPN1420.com. 
we'll have a, a lot of different games on a lot of different radio stations, and some of it will depend on how far teams progress. We'll have all that for you up on our website, obviously, on Friday to remind you, but um, it'll be it'll be mixed up. We got open phone lines as well at 269-1077. I um I just got a text. I just wanna I just wanna warn everyone in Acadiana, but especially in Lafayette Parish. We've just gotten word my sixteen year old granddaughter has gotten her driver's license. Beware. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody, get off the roads. Get off the roads now. 269-1077, uh, if anyone wants to chime in, let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. That is Jay Walker. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Beautiful morning today, isn't it? If you're a duck. <laughs> Jay, your knowledge of South Al. I watched bits and pieces of them in Georgia State, and South Al's got some talent, but I observed a couple of things. They only play like seven players, maybe eight. Not very deep. You're right. They like to run up and down the floor, and they're not real disciplined. They want to outscore you, okay? Mm -hmm. So if they play a disciplined team, that might frustrate them. In other words, a team that can run them off the three-point line, a team that can maybe out-rebound, okay? Right. So that was the two things that I saw. And likewise, I think it, it, it can also be said of Georgia State. Georgia State's never liked to rebound, and I found they were undisciplined, okay? And as indicated by the two games with, between the two teams, what, 87, 84, 83, 81, things of that nature. So uh, just wanted to throw that at you, just a little bit of observation from my side on that. And, I, uh, and you know what, and I, and I don't doubt anything that you're saying, but I will tell you this, that's the two most talented teams in the league. Right. Now, let's see what coaching does mm -hmm. from here on out, you know? But uh, good to hear your voice. Good to hear you guys together. And uh, go Cajuns. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jones. 18 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Well, I'll tell you, though, the way the bracket sets up, how, how so satisfying if you're a Cajun fan, if you win. Because South Alabama, look, I, I'm going to say it. I don't like Richie Riley. I don't like him at all. Why? And because I, I don't I don't like the way he puts his team together. Uh, give me your tired, your poor. He grabs every transfer in sight. You know, guys leave after one year because they turn out. I mean, he signed a, the kid the kid that came in from from Cal uh, two years ago. That you know, by the end of the season, wasn't even playing because he was such a he was such a cancer. I um. So no, I, I you know, and and I don't like the fact that two years ago when they knocked off the Cajuns in the conference tournament that he acted like he had just won the national championship. So I'm not a fan of Richie Riley. I'm not a fan of Georgia State either. Now, I don't, I don't dislike Rob Lanier. I have no reason to dislike Rob Lanier, but it's Georgia State, and it's a team that's kind of had our number. So, you know, how much better does it get than to be able to knock those two folks off? The pain or the joy, either way, it's going to be hard is what you're saying. The feelings will be strong. Hard's the wrong word. Win or lose, the feelings will be strong. That's what you're saying? Yep. All right. Um, Cajun softball, Jay. Yep. That game last week against McNeese State, is that the, one of the more costly games? That, I know they won. Is that one of the most costly games you can remember in, in Cajun softball history? I hate to be so dramatic about it, but, man. Well, you know, it's 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 terrible that you know that they have 
the injuries that they have. Terrible. If there's a team that can maybe manage that, it might be this one because this is a very deep team. Um, and so it's not like they're going to have to put plugs out there. They, they've got, they're going to put talented players to replace talented players. And so I, I, I don't want to downplay what happened, okay? And, and I'm not downplaying what happened. I'm just being realistic here that before the season started, back when they were scrimmaging, you know, in the, in the fall and early in the spring, everybody talked about how deep this team was. And so now their depth is going to have to take a step up and show through. Um, you know, there may have been some teams in the past that if you had those kind of injuries, you were done. I don't think, the, I don't think this team's done, not by any stretch of the imagination. ESPN1420.com. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word either. Um, I think to get their footing right, and you saw Kendra Lamp, didn't get the win, but pitched well against some top-ranked teams. And that, to me, was such a positive sign because one of the question marks was, okay, Summer, can the number two pitcher beat some of the top-tier teams in the country? And while they didn't get the wins, you know, they had a critical error and and uh, against the the LSU game over the weekend and then two in the, in the heartbreaking loss Sunday. But that was the part of it that I said, if you're thinking big picture here, that's that's a great sign right there. You know, it's it's disappointing when you go out and you have an opportunity against four ranked teams and you drop three of four. That's disappointing. But then, you know, you have to look beyond that, I think, and and, and take a look. It's really simple. They were one at-bat away from winning at least two of those games. And it's just, how many, how many times did Robe say it? Timely hitting. Timely hitting. They didn't get the timely hit. Um I, I do think Lamb's pitching is a bright spot for the weekend. Uh, you know, I think that she's starting to separate herself from uh, the other pitchers that they have on the team. And if he was looking for a solid number two, he may have found her. She's got she's to be consistent with her control. But as long as she does that, she's got great stuff. On the baseball side of things, biggest takeaway from the 6-2 and two start? Um... Well, first of all, this team can really pitch. Um, that's the first takeaway. But the, but the other one is, at some point in time during this season, I don't know when it's going to be, this team is going to start doing something they're not doing right now, and that's hitting up and down the lineup. You know, they'll, they'll go out, and on one day, they'll have three guys get two hits apiece right. and one guy get a hit. One and then zero. And, and, the and then the, the next day, the other guys are getting hits uh-huh. and they're not. You know, they're, they're hitting about 255 as a team. That, that, that batting average is going to go up. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, and so when this team does solidify itself offensively, I think they have a chance to be very good. Because that pitching staff is very good. I um, I was joking this morning because in a couple of weeks, um, they're going to have to have a 27-man roster for conference play. And from week to week, you're going to go, wow, so-and-so is not on the roster this weekend because there are going to be some good players left off. And I'm talking about both offensively and, and on the pitcher's mound. Very talented team. Um, is that is and that, I think they're just going to get better. That rules in place this year, just for travel purposes, to limit it. No, it's always it's been twenty seven 
No, I know, but why why did why did they not adjust in a year like this when the NCAA did? Well, because especially if you start talking about traveling, as it is, they have to take two buses. That's that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, I you know, I know the NCA changed it, and you can have unlimited this year, and the Cajuns right. went with forty, which Bab and Deggs will tell you that'd be a great number every year. But once you get into conference play, you know, it's twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. ESPN 1420.com. tonight. Uh, Louisiana versus Louisiana Tech at Russo Park. Originally scheduled for Ruston and. Um, they weren't able to do it quite yet as far as hosting fans up there. And so uh, I know Matt's good friends with the coach there, and he called them and said, let's do it. You know, y'all play here. And next year, he said next year maybe we'll play two there. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. But in the meantime, you get another home game tonight. Uh, McNeese State tomorrow in Lake Charles and then three against Houston Baptist over the weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed we're not playing in Ruston tonight. Um for, for a couple of reasons. You know, when I went to Little Rock, I drove, okay, and there's a little restaurant in Alexandria that I love to go for lunch. I happen to know the woman who owns it and have known her. She's from the Lafayette area. And it's a great place to go to lunch called Little Cajun House. Well, I, I went on my way to um, Little Rock, and they were closed. and And I said – Okay, I didn't read anything that said that they were closed. I I I don't know. I was, I was really disappointed, and and then I see on Facebook. Well, she was closed because her daughter was getting married the next day, and and I said, great. Next week when we go to Ruston, uh. we'll get to stop and have lunch. Well, now we're not doing that. And on top of that, I was looking forward to seeing the new ballpark because I've heard it's really, really, really nice. Um. And unfortunately, we won't get to, to see it this year, but I was really looking forward to that. What's the name of that place again? J.C. Love Field. They call no, it the, no, 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 no. Uh, the, the restaurant. Oh, the Little Cajun House. Do they, like, do food to go, like pies or desserts, or no? It's just more No, it's, uh, no, it's uh, you know, look, anytime you want to get something to go. They, they've they got a, a couple of desserts, but It's no, not like Lee's, is, though, where you can, like, No, this is, this like is, this is, they're, they're more famous from their po- for their po' boys. Getting and you know, in your your fish platters and your shrimp platters, and getting me hungry here, Jeff. Sort of thing, but their roast beef po' boy with some anjou on the side, shab baby. All right, I got your appetite going. Well, we'll kill it with some terrible music. Because up next is terrible Tune Tuesday on ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Yeah. ESPN 1420.com. Welcome back in to the Great Scott Show. I didn't mean to play that. Coming out, I meant to play this. Liquor and whores. Liquor and whores. The cigarettes and dope and mustard and bologna. Liquor and whores. Time for terrible Tuesday. You've been warned. Indeed, you have been. All right, you have a more mainstream one, so I'll let you go second, so I can just weird people out. 
Okay. Uh, first. Um, let's see here. Got a uh, a record that uh, an album that charted on the um, faith music charts, the Christian music charts back in the seventies, and it was the name of the albums was "Oops, There Comes a Smile," and it was um, Tammy Faye Baker, who has since passed away, and before she set out and became a big solo sensation with her husband, uh, the former televangelist Jim Baker. Mm-hmm. Disgraced televangelist, by the way. Um, she recorded some albums with some uh, some puppets, some glove puppets. Allie the Alligator, Muffy the Talking Dog, Mr. Clown, Zippy the Talking Mailbox, and a shrill-voiced Susie Moppet. And uh, recorded... Uh, with Jim, Jim and Tammy and their friends, songs and stories, and they were broadcasting over this Christian broadcast, and the album made a debut in 1970, and charted on the Christian charts. And uh, as you can imagine, Jay, it's it's not too good. So they're not super long songs. So I decided let's play the first two songs off of that album here on Terrible Tune Tuesday. The entire album was only like 25 minutes long. Wow. Um, But again, it was called Oops, There Comes a Smile. And it is uh, The Joy of the Lord, followed by What a Wonderful Day on Terrible Tune Tuesday. And here is uh, What a Wonderful Day That Will Be.
And last but not... Never mind, never mind. No more. No more. I don't think anyone wants to hear one more off of that album. Well, not only that, but a couple of people have already texted me and said we're going to hell for playing that. <laughs> there it is. There's my uh, Terrible Tune Tuesday. Wow. I um, can, can I ask you a real quick question before you get yours? Sure. Was this, this uh, animatrophic puppet thing... It, it seems like in the 70s there was a lot of this with like music and, and, and a few TV shows. Is that, was there a good bit of that back in the day or not really? I don't, I don't remember. You don't remember much of the 70s, do you? You've told me that before, Jay, even though you lived through it. Yeah, 19, right. 1975 to 85 is a little bit murky for me. I've seen pictures. Uh huh. You had hair? Yeah. And it was rather long. Well. I've been balling for more than half of my life, uh-huh. but I've still got a little. There you go. All right. What you got? Well, I, I, I'm going to play something that was a hit record. It was actually a number one song. And and something I did not realize, a duo, okay, father and son, that happened to be the, the son and the grandson of Barry Gordy Jr., the founder of Motown. And I did not realize that. And so... Um, this group became, this song was this group's second number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States after a song called Party Rock Anthem. And so they were the first duo to have two successive number one singles since Hey Ya by Outkast and The Way You Move in 03 and 04. Song also reached number one in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, charted in the top 10 in nearly every country where it was released. And you know it. So for those of you who say, hey, you used to play hit records for Terrible Tune Tuesday, but you don't anymore. Well, guess what? Here's a former number one song by the group L-M-F-A-O. I always I, I I said it slowly because I say it wrong a lot. I, I get the letters. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you usually say? I, I get the um, the F and the and the M dispersed sometimes. So it's L M F A O. This is a song that really became an anthem for me. <laughs> oh, God, sexy and I know it on Terrible Tune Tuesday. <laughs> Sexy and I know it. I'm 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 sexy and I know it. I'm
That's terrific. Do you like LMFAO? The group, or do I like... Yeah, yes, the group. No. It's just, I, I feel like that album, which was, everything about it was so calculated and scripted and let's just go for the lowest hanging fruit. It's just, I, 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 don't, I don't like stuff like that. No, I understand. Albums like that are just... Skid mark of society, and yeah, it was a good one. You, I mean, you 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 took you took a good choice. I find the ones that are done in earnest but are still terrible to be more funny, mm-hmm. because that one, like LMFAO, like they're they're in on it. Sure, you know, like they know. I mean, they they grew up in Hollywood. They're you know their family were producers. I mean, they they know the game. Sure, they're they playing do. the game. They're not sure somebody they sitting there like I have a dream to make this great song. That someone hears and says this is awful and somehow miraculously through just a crazy twist of fate becomes a hit. Those are the ones that make me laugh. I mean, you're sitting over there dancing to this song, saying it's your theme song. That doesn't make me laugh. That just kind of creeps me out, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm sexy and I know. Okay. ESPN1420 and .com. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back... Got a number of things to get into. By the way, uh, Zach's listening. He says, waterboarding can be replaced by having someone listen to those songs on TTT and possibly more effective in interrogations. Nice. That's right. Jay Jay and I are leaving broadcasting because we're going to get hired by the FBI. Yeah, we're going to go waterboard people with terrible tunes. Dude. Fluffy on repeat or... It might happen. 
That would be bad. Not this one, though. They just they just get too... They get happy hearing this. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I do. I do like... Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Hey, the... the we were talking about Cajun women's hoops earlier. There is one stat this year that I think is, is really the biggest surprise, but also very telling that no one's talked about. I'll tell you next. We all are. Sure. That time of year. Mm-hmm. Have you at least seen some of the highlights or paid attention to what Zion Williamson is doing? No. Let's just say that whole John Morant Zion thing. No one's no one's no one's been having that conversation for the last month. He is doing I just wish they'd win more. Absurd things. Well, they beat they luckily they beat the team with the best record in the league last night. They almost blew it, but they won. But they won. He's an all-star, and um, he is doing things that right now, averaging 25.5 points a game on 61.4% shooting, two players in NBA history have posted those numbers throughout a season. Now, he's still got half a season to go, but those two players were Charles Barkley and Kevin McHale. Wow. Yeah. It's win or lose, that guy's worth watching, man, and uh, he's he's been a lot of fun lately. Rage Cage Women's Basketball, revisiting this. You know what I don't think has been brought up? It it's it's surprising and yet it also says something about the team. So they've won 13 in a row. They won the Sunbelt Conference. They're the one seed. They're going to Pensacola. Uh they have the goal of punching their ticket, winning three games in three days, going to the the NCAA tournament. They have not once this year had a Sunbelt Conference player of the week. Hmm. Pretty surprising for the best team in the league, and I don't, I don't have any. Well, but but you know, but I, if you if you look at the Sun Belt Conference Players of the Week, I'll bet you eighty percent of them come from the Eastern Division, because in the West, Cajuns like to play games in the fifties. Little Rock likes to play games in the forties, and folks who don't score. Don't get player of the week. You're right. There have been two times this year. Little Rock in week two, uh, Myra Casito and Teal Battle in week 12. Other than that, it has been a team from the West. From the East. Excuse me, from the East every single week this year. There you go. I also think it says something about the Cajuns who, you know, Broadhead points out, you got five starters that have all scored 400 more points in their career. It's a team that... Spreads that it could, you know, 
could well, be it could be Ty Doucette one day. It could be Holman the next. Good. Brandy Williams had a big game a week before last in terms of scoring output. So the fact that it is kind of a mixture in scoring quite a bit, I think that lends itself to this this as well. Joe Foley, the coach at Arkansas, Little Rock, um, made the comment that the Cajuns are a tough team to prepare for because you don't know where the points are coming from. And and I think that's something that does work to their advantage. Conference player of the week is usually going to come from somebody that scored a lot of points in one or did something in another statistic that was historically amazing. You know, someone has like eight blocks in a game and it's the Sun Belt record or whatever, and yeah. then they'll get it. But if it's not something that's really out of the ordinary on a stat line, it's, okay, who scored a lot of points and won some games for their team? And, who, okay, all right, now I've got them on a list. Okay, who scored the most? Okay, it's going to be this girl. But how many times do you think in history a team that lost one conference game, won a regular season conference championship on the men's or women's side, didn't have a single player of the week one time throughout a season? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Jay Walker will be on the airways tonight, 5.30 with Brad Topham, 6 o'clock first pitch, Louisiana versus Louisiana Tech. Busy week, Jay. All the best. Safe travels and uh, – I'll see you again on Tuesday. You got it, brother. Don't go anywhere. Steve Pelican's next with Beyond the Game. This has been the Great Scott Show. Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. And if you've been listening on the Listen Live player, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Don't go anywhere. Steve's next, ESPN 1420. Down, drinking at the Legion.